Whew, that song. I mean, every time. Every time. And I, 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 share, I didn't share this in the first service. Y'all get bonus material sometimes. Um, I was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. I was, at the, I was at the Garden Tomb where Jesus, like, rose from the dead. And we were doing a communion service there. There were about 200 people. And we were singing Amazing Grace. We were singing that song. And a guy, I'm, I'm kind of at the back, and a guy walked up next to me. Um, he was not American. I'm not sure what nationality he was, but he definitely wasn't American. And, but he had his video camera on, and he was filming everybody. And we started singing Amazing Grace, and he sang every word. It was fascinating. And so when, when we got done with Amazing Grace, um, I looked at him and said, hey, man, What's your, what's your name? And he went, I said, I'm thinking we could start with an easier question, but like, you're not, like what's your name? He went, no English. And I was just thinking, oh my gosh, he don't understand English, but he understood grace. Isn't that, wasn't that fascinating? It was, I just, we should just go home after that one. That was, but I, I worked too hard on this. I gotta, I gotta preach. So, Everybody in this room, there is no exception. Everybody watching online, there is no exception. You have had a, you have got to be kidding me moment with God. You have. And don't look at me like you have. Don't, don't look at me like the only problem you had this morning was polishing your halo and making sure it looked good before you came to church. Because if that's you, you're at the wrong church. Um, all of us have had something happen to us or something happen to somebody that we love that we've literally said, God, God are, you, are you kidding me? And we wondered, God, do I matter to you? Because if I mattered to you, how could you let this happen? And whatever that instance is, whatever this is that caused us to wonder if we matter to God, it had to do with our butt. Now let's talk about butts for a minute. And every time I mention butt, People get serious. People like just get uptight, but y'all need to loosen up because we've been singing about butts in America for years. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Back in the 70s, we're singing shake, 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 shake your booty. See, more y'all singing that than we're Amazing Grace. That's crazy. <laughs> Sir Mix-a-Lot told us that he likes big butts and he cannot lie, right? Even in country music, we learned about the honky-tonk but donk donk yeah, so, so don't look at me and judge me when I'm talking about, but everybody, everybody, everybody has a butt. Think about it. I, I went to college with a friend that, that lost a finger when she was a child. I had another buddy that, that lost an arm. I've never met a single person on the planet that was missing a butt. That would be weird. Oh. How do they make jeans for you, right? <laughs> now, let me pause. I am 100% sure that if there is somebody missing a butt, you're probably watching online, and I just offended you. I am so sorry. If you will email me, cole at mysecondchance.com. <laughs> would love to have that. He's a sir, youth pastor, y'all. Anyway, so, so some people, like, everybody's got a butt. Now, we're going to... Hold on to that thought because we're going to 
keep it all throughout this message. Because at the end of the day, in fact, at the end of the day, if you don't get anything else, I want you to get this. In fact, it's the title of my message, and I want you to turn and tell your neighbor the title of my message is this, Your Butt Matters to God. Tell them right now. Just tell them, Your Butt Matters. Your Butt Matters to God. If you brought a Bible with you, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5, and if you grew up in church, you've probably heard this story, um, but, and I have preached this passage before, but I've preached the whole passage. We're going to take five weeks and go through this one story in the Bible because it's so rich, and I don't want us to miss anything, and it's so practical to, our, to everything that's going on in our life today. Um, so check this out, 2 Kings Chapter 5, verse 1, the first part of the verse says this. The king of Aram, now that was Israel's enemy. Aram was Israel's enemy. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. Now let me pause real quick and just say, in ancient literature, this sentence right here would have been considered very weird. And let me tell you why. Typically, people had great admiration for the king. But the writer of 2 Kings wants us to know the king actually admired Naaman. He was so... Have you, have you, okay, do you have that person in your life that you secretly don't like and the reason you don't like them is because they're good at everything like, they can, do, they can do anything at all. Like, Shannon and I, Shannon, my wife and I, we, we walked into somebody's house one time, and there was a guy, and he was like, oh, yeah, this is this piece of furniture. And I, I just sanded it down and painted it. And I remember very early in our day, she was like, do you think you could do that? I was like, nope. <laughs> Baby, I can't, I can't fix a car. I, if I change a light bulb, the house will burn down. I can do one thing. And that's preach. And the only reason I can preach is because I work 10 to 15 hours a week on that. Well, that's all I can do. That's it. That's all. But you know people that they're good at everything. They're good. Like, I've got a friend. She walks into the kitchen. She's like, oh, I'm just going to throw some stuff together. And, see, and, it, and it's like the gore, most best gourmet meal ever. I screw up TV dinners, all right? I cook them too long. So the fact... The fact that the king had great admiration for Naaman is amazing. But the reason I just wanted to share the first half of the verse, not the whole verse, is just to point something out. And this is for if you're here today and you're a non-Christian and you're, you know, just coming to church or coming back to church or whatever, and you're not really sure how you feel about the whole God-Jesus thing, I get it. I'm glad you're here. This is a safe place for you. But I want everybody in the room to understand something today. It's something that God reminded me of while I was studying this text it's so cool to be reminded, the, the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his armies, because through him, the, let's say this word together on three, one, two, three, Lord, had given Aram great victories. So, not a, not a trick question. Who gave Naaman the victories? The Lord. Now, here's what's crazy. Naaman was an Aramean. He wasn't Jewish. The Jews were God's people. The Arameans were God's enemies. 
In today's world, we would say that Naaman would be a non-Christian. So literally right here in this text, we see God giving victory to someone who's not even a believer in him. And this was just a reminder. Everybody in this room, whether you're a Christian or you're a non-Christian, one of the things that we all have in common is this. Every single gift that we have is a gift from God, period. I don't care if you're a Christian. I don't care if you're a non-Christian. If you've been blessed, it's, it had to go through the hands of the Lord to get to you, whether you believe in him or not. I remember one time talking to a businessman who had had an idea that launched a business and he had made a lot of money and he was telling me, God, didn't, God, God has nothing to do with this. I had this thought. And my question to him was very simple. Where did you get the ability to think? Who do you think actually put that idea in your head? If it was common, everybody would do it. Would you say it's special? Yes. Would you say that thing is special? Yes. That thing that you think you came up with, God came up with that and blessed you with it even though you, doesn't, you don't know him. How many people in this room would just admit that God was blessing you before you ever even acknowledged his name? I mean, before you were even born, God was blessing you. So if you've got a blessing in your life today, no matter what that blessing is, that blessing came through the hands of God to you. You know why? You matter. You matter. I used to think when I was a kid that God blessed good people and God cursed bad people. But then you run into things like this. In fact, Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Jesus is so smart. He's got a book and a movie. Y'all should check it out. Um, <laughs> for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. In other words, Jesus said God blesses like good people and bad people. This is what this was crazy. I had this thought in the last message. Watch this. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. Wouldn't it be, e like if you're single, wouldn't it be easy if he just gave his sunlight to the good? You could walk up to a guy and you'd be, hey, how you doing? Because there's, there's a light around him. <laughs> Couldn't happen, but notice your light. How you doing? He turns and looks at you and his light goes off. You go, okay, those intentions aren't good. We aren't going out. But, but how cool would that be? If that just, uh, just random thought meds are wearing off. So, so let me share now, now the rest of the verse. Let me share the rest of the verse because this is where it gets crazy. This is where we're going to talk about your butt. Watch. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But. This is the butt that I'm talking about. This, this is the butt. All of us have one of these. All of us. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered. He suffered from leprosy. Now, in researching this this text, I, I went back and did a little bit of research on leprosy. Leprosy, le leprosy was a horrible way to die. 
And I've had people go, is there a great way to die? Um, I, listen, if I can sign up for a way to go, I, like lightning strike, um, nuclear missile landing on my head. Like, I want to go so fast. I want to be like walking along going, how you doing? Jesus. Like, that's how fast I want it to happen. <laughs> but leprosy was, you're, now, this is going to be hard to believe. This is going to be hard to believe that a society would do this, but you can't make this up. This is true. Leprosy started out as like a skin disease. It was like a rash. And if people thought you had this disease, they would actually quarantine you. Not making this up. And then, and then because it was contagious, they would go back and find everybody that you had came into contact with and quarantine them also. How crazy is this? And then they would come back and check on you. And if it was just a rash, then you could get let go. But if you had leprosy, leprosy, your skin would literally rot off your body. And when you had leprosy, at first, you, you, would, you would try to hide it. Because listen, if people discovered you had leprosy, not only would you get quarantined, you would get kicked out of town. And nobody would ever have anything to do with you again. This was a big deal. So let me just ask you a question. You think Naaman tried to hide it? Absolutely he did. He was a warrior. He could hide it under his armor, right? He could put his armor on and he didn't have to deal with his leprosy. And we do the same thing. You say, Pastor P, ain't nobody in this room struggling with leprosy. Well, let's just make it, let's just make it more real. Um, let, let's change Naaman. Let's change Naaman's name to Sharon. But though Sharon was a mighty warrior, she suffered from depression. And you hide that. You don't want to let people see that. Because if they really knew it, you'd, you'd get kicked out. You'd, you would get isolated. Tom, but though Tom was a mighty warrior, he suffered from an addiction. I mean, I could, I could do this all day. But, but it's that thing that we talk about, we hide. And listen, it's never been easier to hide who we really are than it is today. We, we live filtered lives. We got a filter for everything on every social. That's, it's, we filter this and we filter that and we can Photoshop and we can look so good. But listen, Naaman was a mighty warrior and everybody thought he was big and strong, but his biggest battle was the battle he was fighting that nobody else knew about. And there's some people in this room, you're fighting a battle nobody else knows about. It's killing you and you won't talk about it because you're afraid that if you bring it out, you'll get kicked out. Let's keep going. Isn't it funny how irrelevant just the Bible is? It don't speak to anything we're dealing with in today's world. Verse 2, at this time, the Aramean raiders... <laughs> Man, they played everywhere, hadn't they? Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. Just 
man, probably built a new. Anyway, it's a football joke for those of y'all didn't get it. The Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Now, I just, I'm just going to make a statement. I, I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm just, I just love you enough to tell the truth. When it comes to men and women, for the overwhelming majority of the time, women are much better planners than men. Would you agree? Yes. Like, if, if a couple has children, it, let's say a couple has five children, okay? Took Song of Solomon seriously. They got, they, they got five kids. The woman will know all their names, all their birthdays, their likes, their dislikes, their blood types. Men, we're vaguely aware of little people in our house. That, that's, that's how we, we don't plan. In fact, you want to see something crazy? Tell a mom, plan your child's birthday. Then tell a dad, plan your child's birthday. Dad's going to be going to Publix day of going, pick out a cake. Like, that's it. Mom's got a theme and everything, right? Women are, can we talk about weddings? Ask a guy to plan a wedding versus a girl to plan a wedding. A girl, you got, guy's going to be like, five minutes. Get in, get out, like the five minutes. Like, so, so we're all agreeing that women are planners, right? So with that in mind, you think this young girl before the enemy came along had plans for her life? You think, I, I think she's more than likely, most scholars agree that she's in her teenage years, mid to late teenage years, and she's probably got a plan. She's probably um, got, got a guy in the village and, you know, they've gone out on a couple dates, whatever, and they've been seeing each other and things are going to happen and things are progressing and she's happy and they're going to have a family and, and go to festivals and like the Jewish, they went to festivals all the time, festivals and celebrations. And all of this were, was in her plans. But then one day she goes outside to do something and there's a cloud of dust and she don't know quite what it is. And it turns out to be the enemy the Arameans. Maybe even Naaman is leading the raiding party. And she's taken captive by the enemy. Let me ask you a question. Do you think after this happened, that girl wondered, God, do I matter? If I, if I matter to you, God, then how could you let this happen to me? And there are people here today that that's what your struggle. Something has happened to you or someone you love, and because of that thing, it's caused you, God, God do I matter? Do you even care? Are you even there? So this girl, she gets, um, she gets basically human trafficked, which is nobody's plan for success, into Naaman's house to serve his wife. And then we find out she discovers that Naaman has leprosy. We don't know how she found out, but she found out. Now, let's just be honest. If you were this girl and the man responsible for completely ruining your life you found out that he had leprosy? 
would you be a little bit happy? Yes or no? Yeah. There's someone, no, no, shut up. You are not that godly. <laughs> she walks by his room and he's taking off his armor and she's like, oh, snap. Leprosy, I'm going to get that on the gram real quick. <laughs> Hashtag naming. Um, like, she, you would think she was, would be happy because, and listen, I, I got some people, I don't, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. Like, if I hear somebody's got cancer, and if you celebrate that, there is something so broken inside of you. Um, but, but I do have people that I call four flat tire people. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, if, if they were riding down the road, and I'm not talking about had a flat tire. I'm talking about had four flat tires. All four tires went flat, and I drove by them. There's something in me that would have a little joy. They, and, I, and I would probably blow the horn and wave. <laughs> Pastor P, would you stop? Nope. No, I am so broken and ungodly. I, just, I got some four flat tire people in my life. How many of you have a four flat tire person in your life? Okay. How many of you are sitting with them? I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> that probably was awkward. So, so you would think that this girl, she's sitting there and she, this ungodly pagan stepped into her life. Literally, the enemy stole her joy. The enemy stole her peace. The enemy stole her future. She had every right to be angry and bitter and mad at God. But then we see this next verse and it's literally one of the most captivating verses in the Bible when we see it in context. Watch this. One day, so it took some time, wasn't immediate. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. That's insane that this girl who had her life ruined by Naaman actually cares about him enough to tell him, I know a place you can go and a person you can meet to get healed. Now, I'm just kind of curious, just real quick survey in the room. How many of you have ever broken something? You've broken something, an arm, a leg, okay, broken arm, broken arm, broken leg, Broke leg, broke a nose. How many of you broke your nose? Yeah, I've broke my nose before, but I ain't gonna tell that story yet. I don't think we probably had to start third chance before I told y'all about my nose break story, but it's it's good. I'm gonna tell y'all it's good. So let's say, just hypothetically, that you're leaving the building today. We we talk about this before, but it, it, the illustration carries, so I'll use it again. Let's say you're walking out and and you you step and you, you just your leg just snaps. It just snaps. You hear it snap. And you fall down, I know, sorry. And you fall down and you look and your leg is broken. It's broken. What do you do? Do, do, you, do, do you say, man, take me to the bookstore. I'm going to find a book on how to walk in brokenness. And, and so, so for the next six weeks, we see you at Second Chance dragging your bro, broken. Hey, right, nobody's perfect. Why are y'all judging me? I'm not judging you. You're just stupid. Your leg's broke. Would you join a broken leg support group where y'all all just show up and talk about how broke you are? No, you would go to the ER, right? Am I right? 
in approximately 4.2 days, after you sat there in a hazmat suit, you would get your leg fixed. You would, you would go to the place to, that you could be healed and see the person that could heal you. And when I was praying over and thinking about this message, I was like, my God, that's, that's what I want for our church. I want this to be a place where you can come and you can meet a person, not me, Jesus, who will heal you. I want this to be a place where you can come and get, get real. How are you doing? You know what? This week sucked. I'm struggling. Anxiety is killing me right now. What, what would happen if we just got real? So this girl, she's like, if, if my master would just go to see the prophet in Samaria, he would heal him of his leprosy. Now, another thing stuck out to me that was mind-blowing, because from time to time as a pastor, I'll have somebody ask me this question. Pastor P, what, how do you measure spiritual maturity? That's a tricky question, usually asked by a church person. And spiritual maturity by many people is measured by uh, how long you pray or how much of the Bible you know. Um, I had somebody tell me that one time, a spiritually mature person knows the scriptures. And I'm like, well, if that's your logic, then Satan is spiritually mature because he knows the entire Bible. In fact, the men in the, in the New, New Testament that knew the Bible the best are the ones that killed Jesus. Now, I'm not saying don't memorize. The scripture is good. I love me some scripture. I, I, I've got some favorites and I love it. But, but that's not always the, the measure of spirituality. The, the, the truest measure of spirituality is what Jesus, Jesus was like, hey, guys, guys, guys. He's at the Last Supper. They're all talking. He's like, guys, 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 guys. Love one another. How? As I have loved you. He had heard, they had heard him teach, love your enemies. Would love your enemies be the mark of a spiritually mature person? This girl. Talk about spiritual mature. She probably couldn't read because in this time, girls couldn't go to school. Props to her parents. Man, they raised, they raised her up right. We don't, they could have even been killed in the raid, but here you got somebody that's loving people. At the end of the day, how are we doing on that love one another thing? Because if I want to know where we are as a church as far as who's coming, I don't talk to our ushers because you've, you've had time to filter yourself before you get in this room. I don't even talk to our greeters because you've had time to filter yourself before you get to the door. You know who I talk to if I want to know how godly you are? I talk to our parking team. <laughs> We're going to film some of y'all because you pull in the parking lot and you're like. <laughs> you get out of the car, you're like, hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. Bless the Lord of my soul. Sit <laughs> We had somebody get hit in the parking lot last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not making this up. I'm not telling who hit that. I'm not telling y'all Linda did it. I'm not telling y'all that Linda hit the person. But I'm not telling y'all that Linda did it. This girl, this girl speaks up 
And she tells Naaman, don't miss this, don't miss this. Naaman, you can get healed, but you can't get healed here. You got, you got to step out and go somewhere. Somebody here needed to hear that. You can be healed, but you can't get healed staying where you are. And let me tell you something. You matter to God so much that if you don't step out, he'll expose what you're going through. Hey, pardon me for saying this, but I've got some expertise in this area. I can remember standing at my kitchen counter with a Yeti halfway filled with ice and a bottle of gin filling it up, telling myself, I'll quit tomorrow. Told myself that for a year and a half. Do you know that you can lie to yourself so much that you can convince yourself you're actually going to quit tomorrow? I didn't quit. But I matter so much to God. He said, all right, you're not going to quit. I'll expose it. And I I can tell you that even though it was painful, I wouldn't trade where I am today for anything in the world. And I don't tell you that to try to be your hero because I don't want to be anybody's hero. I want to tell you about the man named Jesus who healed me. I mattered to him and so do you. But you can't be healed if you Stay where you are and cover your leprosy with your armor and filter your life and pretend that everything's okay. So Naaman, Naaman does something that's awkward. Awkward. He has a conversation. Watch this. So Naaman told the king, pause. You don't tell people about your leprosy. You don't tell people about your problem. In fact, that's what our parents and our grandparents are. You don't tell people about your business. But Naaman goes and tells the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Now, in order for, for the king to understand, Naaman also had to say, this is, listen, I am suffering from leprosy. Naaman didn't say, because we try to minimize stuff sometimes, especially in church world. Y'all pray for me. I'm struggling with some issues. No, you're looking at porn. There's a difference. Okay? I'm I'm dealing with a situation. No, I I can't quit snorting something. See, it's different. And, And the reason I encourage people to just admit your struggle out loud, hey, take it from somebody that's been down that road, once you admit it out loud, the power it has over you begins to shatter. So, so Naaman goes and has an uncomfortable conversation. You know why? He got tired of living, living with leprosy. He got tired of seeing a problem that was growing and wasn't going away. He got tired of wishing that this things would be better. Naaman who probably wondered, do I, God, if there is a God, do I matter to him? Meets this girl who was wrestling with, if there is a God, then why am I? 
But something in her heart calls her to love her enemy. She mentions to him he needs to go to a place. And watch what happens. This is fascinating. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aaron told him. Now, next week, this is going to be fascinating, and you can't make this up. Naaman got it wrong. He was told to go to God, but he wound up going to government. Isn't that crazy? He thought government could cure him of his disease. So instead of going to God, he went to government. Hypothetically, that would be like saying a pandemic hit America and we turned to government rather than God to heal our land. Completely both. I know that's completely outside the box thinking and it would never happen. But we're going to take that hypothetical situation and talk about it next week. Church politics don't mix. Oh, God, I hope you're here next Sunday. God, you're going to love it or hate it. You're going to love it or hate it. There will, no, there will be no middle ground. The point I'm trying to make right here is this. You would think that the king of Aram would say, no, no, no. Don't go to that place. Don't hang out with those people. Next thing you know, you'll be raising your hands and worship and speaking. I mean, no, 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 no. But the king, something in his heart, this is just a reminder that God really is in control. He really does reign. Told him, go see the prophet. And Naaman started his journey towards healing. Why? It's this thing called amazing grace. Amazing grace that God would love a man who's not even a Christian who has leprosy. Amazing grace that God would love this girl that had been captive and completely take that horrible situation and use it for good. Amazing grace that no matter where you are in life, no matter what you've done, what you're doing, what you were planning on doing, you matter to God. and He cares more than you could ever imagine. So before we do our invitation, I want you to stand with me. I'm gonna pray. And I want us one more time to sing Amazing Grace. And when we sing it, don't sing it about other people. Let's sing it about ourselves. And when we get to that last part, when we've been there 10,000 years, let's, let's tear the roof off of this place. Because one day we will be in a place where there is no more sickness or no more leprosy or no more COVID or no more government restrictions or no more anything. And we will be able to see him for who he is. Father, I pray over these next few moments as we sing, may we not just sing a song, but may we celebrate your amazing grace in our hearts, knowing that we matter and knowing that you, you meet us here. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Jesus, thank you so much for your amazing grace. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now, I really believe with all my heart that God spoke to some people today and said, you can't get healed by staying where you are. You know that your next step is to admit or to ask for help 
Today, I want to offer you that opportunity. We have an incredible group of people in our church called our care team that would love to meet with you, that would love to listen to you, pray for you, pray with you. And if, if that's your next step, if you know you need to talk to someone about that issue in your life, I want you to step out of your row and walk out the back doors right now, walk out the exit. There's, there's um, people out there that'll meet you. And, and I want you to go right now. I don't want you to wait. I, listen, we've worked hard to create a safe space where it really is okay to not be okay. So if you're struggling and you need someone to talk to, you go right now. Maybe the person you need to talk to isn't here. And the promise you need to make to Jesus is that you, you will call them in the parking lot. In fact, why don't you pull out your phone and text them right now and say, we need to talk. I need, I need to talk to you today. We need to have a conversation today. I, I got to get this off my chest. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never prayed to receive Christ. Amazing Grace is a song you sing, but it's not reality for you because you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. If that's you here all over this room and watching online, if you want to ask Christ to come in your life, then right where you stand right now, I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. I just want you to pray, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I receive your payment on the cross take my life. You are Lord. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to put your hand straight up in the air and leave it there for a second because I want to see it. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. If you just prayed to receive Christ, one, two, three, put your hand in the air and leave it in the air. Leave it in the air. Put it high and leave it high because I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to, if you're online, amen, amen. Father, I want to thank you for these hands that are in the air. I want to thank you for the people that have crossed over from death to life. I want to thank you for amazing grace and that amazing grace has been in this place since the day we opened the doors. We've seen people give their lives to you. I want to thank you, God, that you love messy and broken people. Jesus, I thank you that we are in the house of grace and we are covered by grace. But God, you want greater things for our life. You want us to step into healing. So, Father, I pray that this message would resound with us. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that if someone needed to move and they did not move, God, that all day long you would make them so uncomfortable until they break off a phone call, until they have a conversation, until we're willing to ask for the help that we need, knowing that you will meet us in our greatest pain and out of it, God, you will bring something that's immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. We love you, Jesus, and everybody that agreed with this prayer said, amen, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Me too. Y'all come back next week. We'll do part two. Love you guys. God bless.